Welcome to Social Distance Warrior, which is a podcast. Our podcast. It's true. It's true. It's about the pandemic. It's about the coronavirus pandemic. It's about the monkey pox outbreak slash pandemic, whatever you want to call it. It's about the death of the queen who died today. I don't know if it's actually about that, but that is a thing that happened today. Uh, my name is Tom, and I'm not an expert on any, any of the aforementioned topics, nor am I an expert on most other topics. Yeah, um, call me Rat. I am also not an expert on any of the pandemics, illnesses mentioned, or the apparent death of the Queen of England. Yes, yes. And today, the day we are recording is September 8th. <laughs> in the year 2022 and if you had your famous monarch death calendar handy you would yeah, already know that. I, <laughs> I think i think we effectively did date ourselves even before then um i guess to start uh where were you when you heard this news i was at work i was following things on on mastodon and i saw some posts related to the fact that the queen was under medical observation. And then I got some texts from my family about it. And it became pretty clear that she was very near death. And then it became relatively clear that, oh, she's probably already died and they just aren't ready to announce it yet. Uh, and then they didn't announce it. And then now there's a king. Oh, wow. Like you were, you were sort of there through a lot of the day. I um, took an early lunch and had some awareness of, I guess, uh, world news uh queen might be might not make it today i don't think i've mentioned on the podcast that i've s- since become the sole secretary of the middle school that i work at i've become the sole secretary of the middle school that i work at so i'm very busy at my do- job during the day but one of the teachers the gifted teacher came up to the front desk while i was on the phone at work and like very breath breathlessly like whispered to me news of the queen's death um so that is how i found out hmm. you know the queen the queen's death um to be perfectly honest doesn't matter all that much to me no <laughs> it certainly didn't um of all of the things that happened to me today uh it it doesn't rank really you know like i i do not feel a s- sadness i'm fine for people who are hype about it um but i also don't have a a, a lot of invest investment yeah i feel like my internet sphere is very anti-royalist so i'm seeing a lot of people very excited that she's not alive anymore but i don't think that's the general consensus among the population of the world that they're happy that she's dead because i think a lot of people uh think fondly of her i don't really think very much about her one way or the other yeah I do not think that uh, hereditary royalty should exist. <laughs> and I say that not even necessarily as a criticism of hereditary royalty, of, of, the, of the royals themselves, because I feel that they are as much victims of it as anyone, in that the lives they are forced to live are extremely weird, and they get extremely weird attention that is ruinous to them in in many cases uh and i i feel like looking at looking at the royal uk royal family is is a demonstration of something that i have come to think of in that like fame itself is a form of trauma fame is a traumatic experience and that like if you look at princess diana or um or Meghan markle or, or or what have you that you don't get out out of that family unscathed like it it, it, it destroys you in a way um and i do feel i feel sorry for them so yeah, but also yeah, uh, that that can be a stance of 
social distance warriors. <laughs> not hot on uh, hereditary monarchies. Not on this podcast. Even, I guess, if you're not the monarch of connected to the British Empire, there's a lot of, I, I guess, collateral damage that um, comes with being in that position. Anyway. Yeah. I think some countries are going to have to print new money now. So true. Because <laughs> she's on she's on the, the money. Anyhow, when, when last I spoke to you for this podcast, you were on vacation. I was on vacation. And now you are back in school. How is the school <laughs> year? Um, it's definitely been a lot. Um, I am become sole secretary of my middle school because the secretary with more experience, who was my co-secretary, how do I say, put in for an immediate transfer for a different position, got that immediate transfer the first week of school, and then that was like a Friday, Mm. and then Tuesday the next week was in the new position. My school district and school are not in great shape. But it's also not particularly unusual for this kind of uh, like staff turnover and shitty situations to happen in education. So I am doing my best, um, but it's very much a situation of I was not quite, I don't have the building knowledge and experience and I don't quite have the like even knowledge to know a lot of what I don't know about what my new responsibilities are. And no one will communicate that to me except to yell at me when I've not done something. So I'm sort of bit by bit trying to piece together what my job is now and um, <laughs> kind of going from there. Hmm. I've, I've been in a situation like that. It was a, It was luckily a very long time ago. And I... You have my sympathies. Yeah. Can I ask, what did you, do, like, did you stay at that job long term or did you, like, get out of that when you were in that position? Uh, I stayed at that organization for nine years. Whoa. During my first year working in the department, you know, I, I had actually, this, so this is at the, at the school I went to for college and I was a student worker in the office. And when I graduated during the recession, I just didn't have anything else to do. So I just, so I ended up applying for a temp position and then a permanent position there. And when I started in a permanent position, which was, it was, it was in the fundraising office. So I was the gift processor, which meant I was in charge of handling all donations to the college, like charitable donations. And the week that I started, it was a three-person team, and the other gift processor went out for a surgery that she needed, I think, six weeks to recuperate from. And the supervisor went out for four weeks of paternity leave. So I went from being a like a low-level admin student worker very quickly to having an actual like full-time job responsibility that involved the handling of money wow. and the accurate recording of transactions for uh, tax and legal purposes. And it was a very difficult situation, one in which some people were more patient with me than other people. And what I will say is that in my case, I feel like for me, it was a trial by fire by which I became a much more independent person that could felt like, all right, I can roll up my sleeves and get this done because I literally have to. There's no other option but for me to roll up my sleeves and get this done. So I got to figure this shit out. And so in that sense, it was very good for me. But it was also a legitimately traumatic experience. Like uh, Mm -hmm. it was the the kickoff of some some really negative relationships I had with people in that office that lasted um, for the next couple of years. 
including an abusive boss who really kind of screwed me up for a while. And to this day, I still have weird trauma responses to certain things that happen in the office because of that professional relationship. So all of which is to say it was not a good time. And my strategy for coping was to just basically not cope with it. Just like, I, I mean, I sort of rose to the challenge professionally in that I met I met a lot of the needs of the position. Um, mm-hmm. And I think people were generally praising how I had dealt with a crappy situation, but I did not deal with it in a way that was particularly healthy for me. I kind of let them walk all over me in, in, in ways. Yeah, that... I am glad you are no longer in that situation. That sounds uh, very not great to um, have have been put in um, and that not just passive voice that have been put in, that you were put in sort of by mm. the people at your workplace. I have definitely kind of oscillated between uh, feeling very overwhelmed and stressed about what is now my job. And also, I guess I'm very much wanting to um, stay out through the end of the school year, but I am like leaving myself open. Hey, I can leave this job. I very much, it's a, you know, public education. The people in these positions can be exploited because we care about the students and people that we work for. But if I need to leave this position, I, I will do that. And sort of that is the way I have been able to help myself kind of think about staying and uh, doing what I'm able to do. I think it is a kind of independence, I I guess I've noticed in myself, but I've also found myself reaching out quite a bit to like people in my family who have been in education. We have a union representative who like I got a lot of good advice from, even though there's not quite a bit that they can really do for my situation. But uh, I guess it's independence because literally no one is coming to me. And if I do not act, no one will uh, help me. But I've found myself like having really um, when I find someone who uh, like today, I found possibly the one human being in the district, maybe alive, who uh, understands how our school's database uh, power school who understands how that works. Mm. Like, she's not an expert, but she's the first person who I've spoken to, like, here's what I'm trying to do in this system. Is this possible? And she didn't know the answer, but she's the first person who was willing and had the time to be like, oh, I can work through this um, and see if that's possible, or I know enough about this database to kind of help help you do that, which has been wild. <laughs> Mm. Uh, no one else has known or not knowing who I could turn to for various issues uh, is one of the hardest things. So for me, it's also like I, I don't have the institutional knowledge of having been there a long time. Um, I, I also I don't know if I made it sound like um, my co-secretary like completely is gone. Like she is still available also for um questions she just also has like an entirely new position that she's working so it's like she didn't disappear off the face of the earth and it's I don't know maybe a cyclical trauma type thing she told me her first year at her secretary position the co-secretary after three days just straight up quit and then she was the um, only secretary at her school so the cycle continues except a a little different because I um had started at the end of last school year 
and still sort of have ways to contact have not been given any official communication um, other than, again, people yelling at me from, like, my HR. No, you know, like, oh, we're going to pay you more. Oh, we're, you know, going to do this and this. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that... Obviously not. I may have already told you something like this, either on, the, on a previous recording or replies on Mastodon or in some other context. But I, I, I don't know if I'd call this advice so much because it's but, – but, but one, one of the things that I, I, I kind of have done in that situation as well is in the situation where that, that institutional knowledge wasn't passed to me and there wasn't a resource there, I took it upon myself to like build that resource to like create a document that had all of the information that was needed to do the job because for a couple of reasons that was valuable and one in in setting it out you know like a formalized way that provided an opportunity to kind of dig into it and think for myself okay how much do I really understand what it is I'm doing and why and what to do if this doesn't work or and what to do in this case I do this in that case I do that and having that um, it, it allows you to do that. It also allows you to, having been the brunt of bad uh, transfer of knowledge, be the good transfer of knowledge for the next person who sits in your chair. A, a lot of what I have done in my professional life has just been me fighting against the things that were done to me in the early part of my career, where it's like, well, I'm not going to let that happen to anyone. That's not happening to anyone on my watch. Like, there's going to be good documentation. It's going to be, you know, well-maintained and updated, and we're going to make sure everyone knows what the expectations are. And in, with, in regard to people mysteriously showing up and stating expectations that were never known to you prior to them yelling at you. Yes. With regard to that, like, my, my word of advice would be to just be very direct about saying, Okay, that's not an expectation I, I knew about. Like just like saying that in an almost like transactional way, not not in like a how could I have known kind of way or why didn't you tell me this, but also but in like a, yep, I didn't know that. No one no one informed me that that was an expectation. It's not something that was ever communicated to me. And the sort of flip side of that I've also found is being like almost aggressively annoyingly direct in making like written emailed correspondence about what the expectations are for everything. Like after you have a meeting, you go back to your desk and you write up, Hey John, as per our meeting earlier today, I'm going to be doing this by Saturday. I've, I've decided to do it this way, that way. Uh, I'm also going to consult this person about this thing and I'm going to make sure that this gets done in this way. Uh, let me know if any of that isn't quite what you expected. And also, if you don't mind clarifying this, 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 and that thing. And one thing that is very unlikely is that they will read it. <laughs> like, yep. they're not going to read your email. However, when things don't happen the way you formalized it as an agreement, you can point to that and s- kind of wave it at their face and be like, not rude, hopefully, but like, yeah, I, I did this as per our, uh, as, as per our, our email. Yes. Um, this, uh, I have started doing this and I have also started doing this on the advice of the union representative um, to like leave a, a written trail, if only because all my interactions previously with HR, they love to do things over the phone mm. and then information that is communicated over the phone is wrong and there is no document of it. So then I'm, you know, I'm in a position of like, well, okay, you told me this over the phone, but also there's no written record of it. Let's do exactly sort of how you were describing. Like, let's uh, send a follow-up email to this phone conversation where I restate sort of what we talked about so that then it is like written down because so, so little... I 
feel directly as like malice and so much of it I feel as like just kind of things in our school district and things at my school specifically have sort of been left to kind of break down and so many of those things have happened that they're difficult to fix but it's very easy to get upset at somebody for either pointing that out or like making your life harder. <laughs> and that's, that's what I've been running into. Yeah. And that's very frustrating to me whenever the, whenever, whenever the response is like to get upset or assign blame uh, when really it should be, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do now? What now? Like, wh- what do we, what do we have to do about this now? How can we make the most out of what we've got? I was supposed to have this report by today, but I don't have it. So, uh, so what can I get you today? That That's a much more productive way of thinking. Yeah. Um, I, no, this has been a lot of our conversation, but I will share one more thing that is absolutely wild about my job that I confirmed <laughs> uh, now that it is my problem. But every single one of our other schools um, in the district, when you call that school, you get a phone menu, you know, like a nice male voice recording kind of welcomes you to that school and then tells you you can press for your party's extension or press for certain, um, you know, guidance, nurse, attendance office, these kinds of things. Do, do they tell you to please listen closely because their options have recently changed? I think they do. But here's <laughs> here's what happens when you call m- my school and what has happened, I believe, since the building has been renovated and being used as um, the school. So for multiple years, you get a person, that person used to be my co-secretary. Now it is me. You, you get a person and we get to act as a like human switchboard operator mm-hmm. for e- every single person who wants to talk to any other person who works at my middle school. Again, I don't think this was done intentionally. It's just something that was never set up. Um, Then sort of the perception and then like the feedback I get from people talking about the school is like, oh, the secretary's just never answered the phone at the middle school. (laughs) I don't go by rat at the school, but (laughs) imagine I did. Uh, Like, hey, rat, uh, the long-term sub who showed up are they not answering the phones? Because no one is answering the phones at your school. And it's like, this is this is quite a problem. And mm. I, I am <laughs> taking action to try and get it fixed, or at least try and mark that I am trying to get it fixed, because it's not good. And it is so wild that it's like been allowed to go on for this long. Hmm. But yeah, that's that's one wild thing about uh, my current job. Um, can I share a, wor- a work related thing? Yes, if we're, since we're sharing work related yes. things. So as of as of today, I have been I don't know if promoted is the right word, but I have had a change in job title and an increase in pay related okay. to the change in job title. Yeah. So a few months ago, they came to me and suggested and said, oh, hey, we've written up the job description for our promotion that we want to give you. And I did not like that job description or that promotion. And I told them, I don't want this. And they were a little surprised. And so they were like, oh, well, let's talk about some other things that we could do to change your role uh, and comp- uh, compensate you for the extra things you're already doing. And we did have those conversations. And it took a very long time for it to actually get put into action. But as of today, I now have a job title that is slightly longer than my previous job title. It has had an additional word added to it. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. I, I am glad that uh you you all got there <laughs> yeah I, I am glad it happened i hope it's i hope 
is a cool sounding title. Does it sound cooler than it did before? Uh, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I actually, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, my previous title was Associate Director of Advancement Systems and Reporting, and now it's Associate Director of Advancement Systems Reporting and Analytics. A whole other category. Yeah, and there was some discussion about um, whether I would be bumped up to well, originally they were going to bump me up to director instead of associate director. And then when I refused that promotion, there was some talk about, well, maybe this new position should be a senior associate director position, in which case I would have been senior associate director of advancement systems uh, reporting and what's th- analytics. That's the third thing. Yeah. Uh, but no, they decided not to give me that honor uh, of, of senior as possibly as punishment for me not accepting their original offer. I don't know. It's, I, I felt like, oh, OK, fine. Sure. Whatever. All right. I, I, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it and I'll take the, the extra money. Nice. And yeah, that is, that is what's happening. And now you took it and there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, there are things they can do about it, I'm sure. It's, I'm still an at-will employee. They could terminate me at any moment for any reason. Oh, so. yeah. I, I don't know how nice it actually is to be a union employee, but I am now a union employee. So, hmm. um... Feels nice. (laughs) I don't remember. I don't know if this had happened when we last recorded, but um, student loan forgiveness. Student loan forgiveness, I don't think had happened like that we've talked about. Um, That happened a little bit. Like the way I would categorize like $10,000 loan forgiveness, maybe $20,000 if you had Pell Grants. Also, you all still have to apply for it for it to happen. It's like not... I don't know like what the equivalent like metaphor is, but it's like not I'm forgiving your loans. It's like if you do all your chores for this thing that we do to really hurt people who were told to try and anyway, like it it's not quite <laughs> Yeah, it's not quite student loan forgiveness, but it's not. I don't feel bad about it. Um, it did affect affect me, or I will say, should affect me positively, because I still have student loan debt. Me as well. I um, I it's gonna wipe out my student loan debt, and also, so during during the pandemic, it has not been necessary to make student loan payments of any kind. Yes, but I've been doing it anyway, just because I could, and I felt like, well, might as well pay now while there's no interest to to bring down the principal. Um, and they are now saying that if if you made unnecessary payments during the pandemic, pandemic, you can get those refunded. Oh hell yeah! So I believe that I can get refunded uh, if you made unnecessary pa- payments during the pandemic that would otherwise have been forgiven by this. So mm. that, that's even more money that I've come into, I suppose. <laughs> so so that's uh, I'm just rolling in dough over here. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it's funny. Like I I was. After they announced my promotion and I'm like, oh, okay, I get better go update my LinkedIn profile. I was thinking like, should I buy a house? Is that a thing I should do? Should I buy a house? Because I'm a little bit more wealthy than I was before. And I was thinking like, I, I, I don't know. I probably probably could. Like I could probably afford to buy some kind of some kind of house or condo. I don't know if I'd want to. I don't know if it's a good idea. But it's, that's probably something I could think of doing in the next two to three years. Whereas that didn't feel like it was true ever before. Yeah, I guess that is a shift. I don't know if I want to, though. It's it's um, got a lot of thinking to do about that. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I definitely did not make um, student loan payments during the pandemic. And also, like, did not, you know, going back and forth between, like, how do I imagine, like, 
the next two to three years more. <laughs> mm. And I guess like it is still possible. I- I've flipped. Now it is possible to imagine uh, sort of the next few years or more. But especially with that kind of scale and working at a public school where like apparently in the past there had been like these oh if you work for this many years and make this many payments you can have your student loans forgiven forgiven kind of program where it ended up in actuality very like upwards of like 90 percent again I'm not an expert of like people who qualified and worked in those positions and made those payments but like had issues with filling out the paperwork did not get their loans forgiven so it was sort of like well I'm not having to make payments right now this is a huge amount of money I just have no plan for it so there's just nothing like there's just no plan for this. Mm. So it, it is definitely like a, a bit of, um, I, I will still have, I don't know, but a, a much more like, oh, this is an amount of money that would not like kind of stop me from thinking about like planning for the future as much. Because um, mm. yeah, it does make a difference. The future. The future. Yeah. What was oh yeah I had a I had a um I had a pandemic thing I had a covid thing I got a a booster and a flu shot the same time Is that one of the new boosters? No uh, so I made a very like quick appointment uh after they had announced like the new boosters and the pharmacy I went to was like I'm sitting in the room there for my appointment and they're like okay we don't have the new ones do you still want this one and I did take it if only because my vaccine card from earlier boosters and earlier Pfizer vaccines had my dead name on it and so I did not bring that vaccine card to this appointment and so they did put my actual name that I use on this new vaccine card. So I do think that the um, combined flu shot and COVID booster and night I spent very feverish with side Mm. effects afterward, I think it was worth it. Well, that is, I'm sorry you had side effects, but. I always have side effects. Yeah, better than the main effects. (laughs) Yeah, rat side effects, last name is what they call me. Do you want to talk about action items? Yeah, we can talk about action items. Um, I do have them. I have to disclose to you and to the listeners that I have been wearing sunglasses this whole time we're recording Ooh. because my job strains my eyes and this is a way for me to look at things without uh, hurting my eyes. But um, I will raise my sunglasses in order to read our last week's action items thank you because i did not write them or if i wrote them down i no longer have them i think i know what they are but that's all right well i mean quiz yourself listeners too (laughs) (laughs) i had two action items i had stick to a consistent sleep schedule and catch up on tom's xenoblade chronicle 3 streams did you do either of these i did catch up quite a bit on your xenoblade Chronicles, three streams, and um, saw some wild stuff. Yeah, mud puppets and <laughs> all that. Yeah, char- characters you don't expect doing things you also don't expect. Yeah, so so I know you had previously watched the um, 
Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Torna, the Golden Country stream. So yes. that may not have given you an adequate experience of like what the Xenoblade experience is, because that's like <laughs> that's a prequel that's like, okay, here are characters, here are some how like how they got to the situations they were at the beginning of the main game. Whereas Xenoblade has the Xenoblade games in general have some just like bonkers, like it those games can go places and I feel like the moment you're referring to, which I don't even want to say because I want people to either play the game or or watch my uh, YouTube play along to just to to experience the story. But uh, there was just one particular plot twist that was like, what, what, what? It really, really got me. Yeah, um, I do feel like the first action item is maybe mocking me a little bit. Um, mm. I did not stick to a consistent sleep schedule. Mm. I did not do that. So is do you usually? I will say I'm whatever I had been doing uh, now that it is the the school year and so my summer vacation is over. I'm much more consistent because I have to be. Yeah. So this is my suggested action item, and I have always been bad at sleeping, and I feel like especially during the pandemic, my sleep schedule has just been all over the place with like nights I go to bed at nine thirty p.m. and nights I go to bed at like two a.m. And just like no rhyme or reason to when those happen. And I feel like over the past few weeks, I I think consistent would be overselling it a bit, but Mm -hmm. I have been a little bit more, I've had more nights where I've been able to be a little bit more intentional about going to bed. I have managed to get sub midnight bedtimes more nights than not. Nice. Which I think, I think my ideal would probably be between 10 and 1030. That's, that's probably when I should be going to bed. I think, and I've I, I've hit that target more often than I than I previously had. So, so I think I I made some progress here. But also, I'm in the process of getting a neuropsych evaluation mm-hmm. to see if I have some kind of diagnosable condition that mm-hmm. could be linked to difficulty sleeping and or difficulty forming habits in general. And so maybe that will shed more light onto why this has been a permanent area of difficulty for me. Nice. I hope that that uh, that goes well. Thank you. I also hope it goes well. <laughs> I do have an action item, but I do um, the the consistent sleep schedule does remind me of a, a I guess a book recommendation I wanted to make. Mm. So while I was feverish with the flu vaccine and COVID booster, I was trying to go to sleep, but what I was doing was listening to a Deadly Education by Naomi Novik in my library app as an audiobook mm. and setting the 15 minute like sleep timer so it would stop after 15 minutes but i would not go to sleep after 15 <laughs> minutes and was still sort of like conscious but in a weird state enough to then reset the timer for another 15 minutes and in this way listen to uh, many chapters of the book while I uh, made it through the night. So um, it's a kind of fitting way because the book itself is a kind of, um, I guess, like similar vibes to Harry Potter in that it is a like wizard school for wizard children but it is a quite like different atmosphere and kind of a very grueling institution the way it treats its um students so i i think maybe the way i was experiencing it it was kind of thematic but yeah i would recommend um a deadly education 
by Naomi Novak. It is also, I think, a trilogy. Hmm. And um, the if it's not a trilogy, uh, the third book in the series is coming out uh, at the end of this month. Is that an action item? I guess it can be. I had another action item, but it can, it can, yep. It actually overlaps with my action item. Oh, okay. Uh, well, okay. So here's my action item that I came here with is eat a tomato. Ooh. But what's your action item? Okay, I have some tomato questions, but we'll get to that in a <laughs> sec. My action item was going to be to read the first book in a series uh, that you haven't read before. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I won't. I won't touch your action item. Yeah, if if you want that first book in a series to be um, this one that I recommended, then go for it. I, I do also very much recommend the um, audiobook because it's always, I, I believe the um, main character, I, I don't know about the narrator herself, but the main character, I believe, grew up in Wales, has a British accent, but the narrator has that character sometimes um, doing an American accent. Mm. Uh, so it's very interesting to like, you know, hear like British accent interpretation of what to me is very familiar an American accent. Um, I highly recommend the audiobook. Okay, cool. If I had to recommend a series, the series that I, a series that I recommend a lot. In fact, it's a series that I've, I think I've read it th- at least twice. Maybe I've read, I think I maybe read the first book three times is the Imperial Ratch trilogy by Anne Leckie, starting with Ancillary Justice. Which is, it also has a very good audiobook, if you can find that audiobook. It is read by the actor who plays Martha's mother from Doctor Who. Oh, cool. When I'm not sure what to listen to next, I often feel like, uh, maybe I should re-listen to Imperial Ratch. But then I'm like, uh, I should probably expand my mind or something by listening to something I haven't heard before. So, tomatoes. So, tomatoes. Like, just like an apple? Like, eat it like an apple? Eat a tomato. Um, I mean, in my life, I have two cherry tomato plants that I got at the beginning of the summer before I moved apartments, and they have not given me any cherry tomatoes, though I have watered them and put them in the most sunny part of the fire escape that I have. But now that it is about to be the point in which Pittsburgh's sort of summer really harshly transitions to being like fall and being very cold, now one of those cherry tomato plants has like started to grow a tomato. Mm. So I don't currently have a pet, but I have been like I don't know, feeding and taking care of the cherry tomato plants is the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning before I take care of myself or make myself breakfast. So I'm rooting for them and I would really like for them to be able to have a cherry tomato happen, but we'll see. Okay. I feel like even a cherry tomato seems like too much tomato to me. Is that too much tomato for you? Okay. Like, I, I can't just, like, pop a cherry tomato into my mouth and be like, mm-mm, good tomato. Like, I, I feel like a cherry tomato cut in half is, like, the right amount of a tomato bite for me. If you if you give me a bunch of tomatoes and, like, this is all the food you're getting for today, then I'll be like, can I have a knife? Because I don't want I don't want to eat them whole. I, just, I want half a cherry tomato. That's how much cherry tomato I want in my mouth at any given time. I'll, I'll allow for this action item that, like, it, it can be processed, this tomato. It doesn't okay. have to be... <laughs> In its uh, like off the vine form, mm. you, you can you can interpret that action item as uh, sort of however much of an essence of tomato as you would like. All right, I appreciate that. Okay, you have that freedom. Yeah, so I think um, I think that wraps it up then. So we're gonna I guess end this episode the way we end every episode of Social Distance Warriors. Oh God, what's our Twitter? Uh, SDW underscore pod. Okay, that's how we end it, and we also. <laughs> 
And we also end every episode um, of Social Distance Warriors by staying distant. And going the distance. Bye.